0: curious to see what your take is on keeping people's attention especially like in relationships and you know we do so much to level up look our best make more money appear more successful but what happens when you get that person's attention and then it quickly fizzles
1: out getting someone's attention actually isn't that difficult i think that uh, you know especially you know we all our first Way that we judge is with our eyes. If we want to, you know, go for the attention of someone, is is that person physically attractive to me? And we can say that we don't judge books by their cover, but, but we, we do. do. And you yeah. you
0: know about that, you Mister. A hundred Yeah, covers. yeah. It actually, since
1: the last time, yeah, I've gotten a lot more since then, so. How many covers are you up to now? I'm up to 132 as of yesterday, so, Jeez. yeah, so we're, we're making headway. Um, but 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 for real, though, like we, we all judge with our eyes. We, we judge a book by its cover at first, and that's just to get us to open the book. Once you've opened the book, that's when you then decide if you want to keep reading the book, or if you're like, oh no, screw that, I'm going to put it back on the shelf, right? And so maintaining attention is the ins- inside of that book. You know, are you, do you have a good heart? Are you, you know, mind, body, soul? That's where you connect. Because the body and the, you know, the physical appearance is your first level of connection. The other two are usually, you know, your heart and here. If you can make those connections and you get all three, you check all three boxes, that person's gonna wanna stay in your life. You're not gonna need to do anything that feels like work to keep them there. And that's the thing is like, once it feels like work, that's when it's not, you know, that's when it's not really the person you should be with anyways.
0: I think we do a lot to work on the outside and that first impression matters a lot. But a lot of the times it's kind of underrated what's in your mind that actually keeps the person with you. And the worst is like, you see a beautiful woman and you start talking to her and like, Three minutes in, it's like, there's nothing up here and you can continue that conversation. But I feel like with guys lately, I see a lot of things online about how to look more attractive or how to like look more successful or like get her to pay attention to you. But we're missing the actual hard part of you got to have character. Bro. You need to have something to say. You need to have a purpose. Like what the hell are you doing with your life? Otherwise, you can watch how many videos you want and and look hotter or look better, get better clothes. But then at the end of the day, when you open your mouth and you're talking to a woman, like how are you gonna
1: keep her? Yeah, and it's a it goes back to what we talked about last time. Confidence, confidence is such a missing piece in a lot of society these days. So many people are so insecure. They're they're jealous. They're not confident and their appearance or their actual character. And a lot of confidence is derived from knowing who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. If I, and
0: I, I agree with that hundred yeah.
1: percent. And I think
0: sometimes you just need more time, like as a guy, cause I remember I used to be like a, a nerd little kid, yeah. super skinny, would not hit the gym. And I just didn't have that in me. It took time. At least
1: for in my experience and and do you have like a pivotal moment that you can think of that it started to shift for you where you became confident
0: i think it was a phase it wasn't one single moment it was a phase around 2016 i started working out i i was in college and i took this class about wellness that you had it was a requirement you had to take it so you know they taught us about Reading labels, a little bit more about nutrition, how your body works. It was a, a mix of like bio, biology with nutrition and well being. One of those bullshit classes that you're like, what,
1: what, yeah, what yeah, the what yeah, part yeah. do I need to take this class
0: <laughs> for? Yeah. And actually, with that class, it made me curious about all of this. And then I learned how to build muscle. it For me, because I'm a more intellectual person, it came through the knowledge of. Oh, if you eat more and then you force your body to train, then your body will respond. Because I always thought that it was more a genetic thing and it was very tied into identity for me. Right. So I grew up, I grew up in Cuba. We didn't have a lot of food. So I was very skinny all of my life growing up. Mm-hmm. I played sports and I was okay, but I was really good with computers, cameras, like all of that. That's where I found my identity and I was good. So it was never physical for me. Right. And it was a phase where i saw that and i started learning how to do that so it took me several years of training and working out and some people like i remember one time i posted this picture i was you know you're a model you're used to doing all this for me i'm the guy behind the camera Mm -hmm. i'm not used to like putting myself out there so i remember i did a photo shoot with my friend abraham we just went to the beach and we took some pictures and Dude, like seeing that, I was so fucking proud because I I look like jacked. Yeah. And I posted a picture and I remember this a random girl from my high school back in Cuba posted something like saying, oh voila, like you have grown into a man or (laughs) some some shit like that. Right. And for me that's what happened.
1: It wasn't a shift, a quick shift. Yeah. It was like a long build-up. It was a slow burn to get to that point. But you know, you, you brought up a good point. You weren't you weren't seeking external validation from other people to know that you were jacked or, or ripped or handsome or whatever. But actually getting in front of a camera sometimes and letting yourself just flow and be and exist when you feel confident about yourself, that is a very, like, and maybe that's why I am so confident. I don't know. But, you know, I I find that when you're... In those positions where you can just actually like the focus is on you because you've done the work to get to that point it's very it's a very beautiful thing to then be like okay like you know i can get in front of a camera and be ready to go whenever and and so doing that for you was probably really beneficial but you also touched on something else which was um you're intellectual you're smart and Brains are really attractive, especially when they come out of someone that they don't expect to have brains. You know, everyone yeah. just sees a photo of me. They're like, "Guy must be dumb as rocks." <laughs> and and I love when when I can you know kind of prove them wrong. Like that actually gives me confidence to to know that I'm gonna alter someone's opinion of me very quickly.
0: Do you kind of play with that where you know you're super handsome? You start some kind of interaction with a woman, and you're probably thinking you must think I'm hollow and like full of shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But then it's almost like, you know what you're made of and you know that the moment you start talking to her it's gonna be like...
1: Yeah, it's it's being, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Cause I asked you like if you can find a pivotal moment that this happened for you where you shifted. For me, I don't know where that moment happened or if it was just a build where I became so confident and just knowing that I was gonna be okay with any situation in any place that I was gonna be. You know, I traveled all over the world. Maybe that's what it was. It was get, getting put in these really different environments and becoming confident in my abilities to, you know, go through a culture, be make sure that I was safe, enjoy life, all that stuff. And then that has then transpired into me being able to walk up to any person that I talked to and be confident, be charismatic, not worry about what i look like while i'm talking to them right because we have these you know these things in our head where a lot of times you'll be talking to someone and it could even be between us right now and you think you know what am i doing with my hands i wonder if my hair is okay i wonder if i have do i have, do i food in my beard you know like and you start thinking about all this stuff and then you're oh shit i'm talking to someone like you know and i think a lot of people because that they're not they're more i don't want to say Insecure with themselves, but they're so focused on what their appearance is They lose that ability to actually be able to connect with someone and the connection is where is where the good stuff is Being intellectual and being able to have deep conversations that you don't have with every person that exists out there Every person you can have the same surface level bullshit conversation And the thing that makes you stand out the thing that makes you get attention and keep it is Actually being able to go to those deeper levels with someone
0: a hundred percent. I agree with that especially small talk. I hate Can't small do it. talk.
1: It's crap. Just
0: go straight to like the actual thing that you want to say or ask the question that you actually want to know the answer to. It just saves cool. everyone's time. I really like that you mentioned about traveling. I grew up outside of the U S and I can tell that my point of view and perspective about everything changes dramatically because I didn't grow up here. Mm-hmm. And I have visited a bunch of different countries. I've been to Europe, France. I've been to Africa to film projects. I've been all over the U.S. I think that's one of the single most radical things a young man can do, especially when you're young, in your Mm -hmm. early 20s. Find a way to travel outside of your comfort zone, whatever that is. Travel outside of those areas where you grew up and like you said just the fact that you can stay safe get your surroundings and enjoy what you have there when you come back you're so ahead from everyone else absolutely yeah and how did that give you a different pers- a different perspective like in your case you're from boston now you live here in la but you travel everywhere yeah what do you see as the what do you see as the most interesting thing when you return to la and you have, you have to be around all of the people that we will call hollow. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like everyone who doesn't live here in LA thinks that everyone in LA is just hollow and like yeah. bad, full of bad people. Mm-hmm. What do you see different? Like when you go out and then you come back, what happens like with those interactions and with the people that you now well, are around,
1: you know, I'm very, you know, I talked about confidence and that stemming from who you are. I'm very self aware of the energy that I give off and the Ability the, the, the ability that I have to impact someone's life no matter and connect with someone. I find that I can The most shallow hollow person and then the most like enlightened person I feel like I can actually connect with both sides of that and everyone in between and again That's a confidence thing. So when I am out there traveling, you know, I, I find these little ways to have my energy mirror the person that I'm speaking with so that That's one part of, of that answer is that I'm aware of what I have, so that makes me able to connect with other people's energy more. But a, a second part of it, and this this I think is actually even more important, is we talked about travel. We live such comfortable lives right now. Everyone is so comfortable that you can program your entire day to be at home, you never have to get up from your couch, you never have to go talk to a single person or touch another person or whatever, right? Our our lives are very comfortable. Traveling and going to places that you don't know, going to be be with people that you don't know is uncomfortable. It It is not easy because you have to be, you know, confident enough in your skills to be able to go do that. And so for me, when I did start traveling at a young age, you know, I pretty much traveled from 20 to, I mean, I'm 29, I just turned 29. So, but like, I I haven't stopped traveling, but from, from 20 onward, I've been traveling nonstop, international, domestic, all that. And I know that no matter what environment I go to, even the most uncomfortable environment, I'm gonna be okay. You know, I moved here three and a half years ago from, I was in Northern California. I, I knew one person when I moved down here. Not like a, a close friend, not whatever, just someone that was an acquaintance who's become a great friend of mine. But I, that was the only person I knew when I moved here. I didn't know the streets. I didn't know how to make money out here. I didn't know anything. But I knew that I, I, from all of this traveling, all of this worldly experience and this knowledge that I had gained, I knew that when I got here, I was gonna be fucking great. And, and, and I have been, and I've been better than great. And it's because I had that self-belief. I had that understanding of who I am. And and I knew that disrupting my comfort zone and coming to the most uncomfortable place, not knowing a single person was going to make me grow and it it did.
0: So in what ways have you had to grow since you landed here? And if you came three years ago, that means you came around when the whole shutdown happened and all the work Mm -hmm. went away. What has been one or two things that you have had to actually, like, I got to level up and get this shit down. Otherwise I'm not going to make it. Yeah. Well,
1: I got really good at, um, knowing how to walk into a room of people that I didn't know and finding a way to connect with many people and, or connect with one person who I, who I knew would add value to my life and I would add value to theirs. And, You know, nowadays, right? So many people are so used to, you know, you go to you go to dinner, you go meet up with your friends, you go there. You don't have to talk to anyone else, you just go and you you know, you meet up with your friends, you go to a bar, and you're gonna meet up with your friends at the bar. Like, how many times have you ever walked into a bar by yourself and seen if you can go make a connection with some complete stranger? Yeah, very rarely. Right? And that's actually something I started doing when I got here. I didn't know anyone, right? You know, and when you walk onto a set. Everyone is more of a friendly atmosphere because you're you're becoming work associates, but having the ability to having the self-belief that you can go anywhere and make a connection or talk to someone or whatever, that is worth its weight in gold because so so, so much of our life these days is it's not connected. It's not you don't have to leave your room. You don't have to talk to anyone that you don't ha- want to talk to. And what that does for your mental state, for you know, your consciousness, it makes you then very antisocial, which is going to hold you back. And so, one of the main things that I grew with is I went from not to say I was dr- struggling before to do that, but I went from being like middle of the field at talking to no, nope, you know, doing that situation to now I can go anywhere in Los Angeles, no matter if I'm talking to. I don't know, Bill Gates or I'm talking to someone who is you know, homeless on the street and I feel like I can actually make a connection with that person.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a skill that is very underrated, especially for young men. Dude, like you can tell, like I I can be in a room and just by looking around, you can look at a guy and you know whether he has the the character to go up to another man and have a conversation or not. Mm -hmm. I remember one time we went to a dinner with some of my my very close friends we got invited to this dinner and it was like a group of guys that we didn't know yeah eric we walk in and we knew the one guy we talked to him all that we sit down we have dinner afterwards we all start like oh this is my friend so and so and so and so
1: Yeah.
0: dude i remember this guy gave us a handshake that it was like butter it was like something like, and it was a big imposing guy. Yeah. We handshake yeah. like immediately. It's like, I felt not only that I did not want to talk to that guy. I almost felt like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And it's something that I hope younger guys learn and practice. And I think a lot of it has to do with having other strong men around you Yeah. because we hear so much of this message of not being toxic or being so masculine and I think that's a huge mistake like uh, for us for my brother and I growing up my my dad made sure that we were like tough yeah like that whole thing of like boys don't cry get up and do it like all of that you need it yeah and initially like when you're a kid it might feel like oh well Why is my dad so tough? But now I'm so happy that my dad was like hardcore like that. Yeah. And I think men have a lack of strong men in their lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, have you heard the idealism, you know, hard times create hard men, hard men create soft times, soft times create soft men and soft men create hard times. And we're right now, I think between three and four, we're at that. That soft men um, creating hard times uh, area because men are afraid to be men now and we're actually disencouraged to be men. And it's a really scary thing. And I hope that we're able to, the, cause the younger generation is the one who's gonna you know really pivot that, right? Like that's where it's, it's gonna change and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I hope that men learn to, to be to walk up to a girl they like at a bar and say hi, as opposed to having to resort to texting them on an app on their phone and being like, "Yep, this is how I'm going to connect with someone." Like, I just did a, this uh, this podcast series um, with with one of my exes, and and her and I are are amazing friends, and we're you know, which like, I want to come back her. to that. We'll come back to this. To me, then we'll we'll hold very that strange. one. Yeah. So um, and and you know, she had me come on to to talk about to talk to a man who is very, you know, self assured of himself, you know, he's, he's uh, confident and, and all that stuff and can talk about that. And she was like, you know, how, how is dating apps and stuff like that go for you? I was like, it, it doesn't. I was like, I, I, I've, I downloaded a dating app like twice in my life and deleted it like, you know, a couple weeks later. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because that's not who I am. That doesn't feel, that feels like such a passive way of actually creating a spark with someone. Versus when you have that in-person interaction where you have a connection and there's a a Physicality to it. There is a body language to it. There is an an, you know aroma to it. There is pheromones There's all these things. That's where the good shit is. like it
0: was intended to be. Yeah,
1: exactly that that's where the the good stuff is not in the the weird like Hey, I think you're high on here, but I actually don't know what you look like in person. And I like these things that you list as your resume for dating. So but they're, they're probably not they're you. they're probably not you. You know, it's, it's like your best shit. You know, so like the first three months of your dating, right? You're giving your best resume. You're like, I'm so good at this. I'm good at this. This is my best. You know, it's like that's not real. I mean, and then yeah. I, I don't know. That blows my mind. That, but again, that's that that goes to where we are. Soft, soft men right now uh, are not. Aggressive or assertive enough to walk up to a, a girl or a guy that they like at a bar and say hey You're cute Let me buy you a drink or hey, you're cute. Let's talk whatever. You know, yeah. it's so it's so simple Yeah,
0: with dating apps, I honestly have no experience uh, I was married for a very long time and then when I got separated I didn't want to I never had a dating app. I've seen my friends use them and I, Me personally I have mixed opinions about it Cause i agree with everything that you just said then my computer brain kicks in and i'm like it's the perfect tool to narrow down all the categories yeah. and things that you're looking for if you're specific and you know what you want it's like amazing that you can do that but at the same time is everything you just said people putting up a facade and trying to do this and i think our conversation about attention goes to that very well because mm-hmm how do you capture someone's attention when they have
1: a billion options yeah and it's and that's the thing is do you really want that person's attention like
0: you probably want the idea of the person that you think they are you want their
1: attention yeah and then you haven't even met them yet you haven't you know you, you haven't even met yourself yet in some cases so many people haven't met themselves they never actually have shook hands with themselves and actually went internal to figure out who the fuck they are. But then they're out here trying to, you know, find love and, and all that stuff and they don't even love themselves. And that's that's a big core problem. Yeah. So, you know, but, um, and on top of it, like you said, you can narrow your search results down. You're putting out a casting call pretty much for your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, right? Yeah. And you're, you're deciding, you know, exactly what you want. You're creating this perfect box and guess what? That perfect person is actually the one who's imperfect for you, and it's usually not the person that you find that way. But I know there's plenty of people that have met that way and yeah. are happily married and happily with that person, so I'm not taking anything away from them. But I do think for it's not for the masses, even though the masses are the ones that are going to it right now.
0: For sure. No, I 100% agree with that. And you were mentioning that you went and did this podcast with your ex. Yes. So- my experience with my with that side of my life has been terrible so i was very surprised last time when we you came on the show and we talked and then i was like dude let me ask you like the real shit (laughs) the good stuff Yeah. yeah what i want to really ask you because our conversation before was very interesting and i kind of forgot about all these things that i wanted to ask you about but i definitely wanted to know your take on uh you're a super handsome guy, super popular. So you can have your pick of like whatever person you want to be with. So I bet that with that comes this blessing and also this curse of maybe you have multiple people that you have been with and how do you handle with the aftermath after a relationship comes
1: to an end? Yeah. it's a, uh, that is something that I am actually very passionate about is if you truly truly love someone, you do not need to remove them from your life. You don't have to think poorly of them. You don't have to have a bad relationship after you're done dating. And I think, unless I'm not coming at you with this, but I think that your relationship with the exes that you've loved says a lot about you and your partner, your Mm ex-partner. So it says a lot about your character and what i mean by that is i've i've been very lucky in my life i've fallen in love three times and i'm 29 and these aren't just like you know like a high school love or you know i was i was in a four plus year relationship and i thought i loved someone and i found out afterwards that i didn't and these are like actual loves of people that will be in your life forever that you just genuinely want the best for and they want the best for you and and that's those are the three people that I fell in love with. And each of them knows that. I have an amazing relationship with each of them. And um, and I still even say I love you to them when I talk to them on the phone or I see them in person. Yeah.
0: I think you have been very lucky
1: to yeah. have that. That is not
0: the, very lucky. the average or the common. Because I used to think like that yeah. when I was married. Whenever I thought about if this ever ended, it would be... Like just like that. Yeah. That's what I really wanted for me. Yeah. But I think there's different circumstances for everyone, and especially Complications, you know, when, kids, all that changes. Yeah, yeah. So when people get hurt on either side, then you see a whole different version of the that person. Yeah. And I hope everyone could have that approach and be lucky, like you. In my experience, it has been very different. I wish that. I, no one has to go ever through that and if anyone has to face that that it turns out the way that you're experiencing it because I think that's the best way that we could all live life at the end of the day we all want everyone to be happy and have their own version of their happy life you know like mm-hmm. I don't and that's... I deeply I don't want those people to suffer yeah but I also don't want them in my life mm-hmm. if which, which if is that perfectly makes sense.
1: fair so, you can set Boundaries, You know, you can you, not everyone is supposed to be in your life forever, you know, in the current role that they're in. I don't think that I mean, no one is permanent and uh, or the only permanent thing that exists in your life is you. And so that's a big part of it. But the other part of it is, yeah, I mean, you know, each person that I, I've loved, um, there's this this X factor understanding. And that's why you said, I am very lucky to have experienced that. I wish that everyone could experience that feeling. Uh, You know, it was just my birthday last week. And I was celebrating my birthday down in in San Diego. And I was with um, a different ex. And, you know, we were just down there enjoying life. And we're talking with other people that we were with down there about this exact thing. We were talking, they're like, like so, you guys like love each other, and we're like yeah, like, I still love her. She still loves me. We want we want each other's lives to be better. If that like the best that it could possibly be, no matter if that is directly from me, or if that is from me cheering on the sidelines, and or cheering far away from the stadium, and clapping for for her in silence. That's and, beautiful. Man. And that's that's what love is to me. Love isn't a possessive, restrictive. Like, I mean, so many, and this is actually one thing that I talked about with with my other ex who had me on, you know, like, let's say that you were uh, dating a girl, and let's say that she was not okay with you talking to other women. How restrictive of a life would that be? Let's say you couldn't even look at another girl. And this is actually a lot of true things that happen in these streets of... Hollywood, this is a very common toxic thing that I see in relationships where there's so much miscommunication. There's so much jealousy that it's like you can't go live your life and you're going to have to. I can only love you in the confines of you not talking to other women, not looking at other women, not living your life. And that's a restrictive life. You're not going to be your best version of yourself. You might meet someone tomorrow that just because of their genitalia, you can't talk to them. Right, And they could be life-changing for you, but you're never going to know because you couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, and then that's crazy talk. And if you're in a relationship where people feel that way, you need to be careful Mm because that's a a big red flag. It has happened to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop being who I am just so I don't trigger whatever you haven't dealt with. But at the same time, you have to be... I guess aware of what that person, your partner's trauma or mm-hmm. past experiences has been. So then you can act accordingly. Right. I don't think it's a healthy thing to allow that to go on forever. But it's a smart thing to understand, wait, if that person feels like that, it has to be, there's a backstory to that character in that movie. <laughs> right, you know, right, that, yeah. That maybe we don't know about. <laughs> uh, but I want to be in a relationship that I can be myself and the person knows that I love them and there's nothing to worry about. Exactly. Like if you don't have that, then
1: you, I, have, then you have nothing.
0: Yeah. It's like oh. carrying a big bag of bricks, yeah. you know, <laughs> going up the steps So mm-hmm. like, it's already hard to get along with someone and like find love and like you're lucky that you have found love so many times. I like, got lucky. <laughs> I'm lucky that I've found love so many times in my life Yeah. and that's a big thing that I learned after I got divorced is. You know, life is not going to end. You're going to find another love in your life. You're going to be a different person. Things are not always like the movie that you have in your head, like the script that you wrote for your life. I think that the more you pursue that script and you want to make that the thing, you're going to miss out on all the other beautiful things that will come to your life when you least expect it. Yeah. So with that sense of freedom. What have you experienced like on the good side of it Like we, we talked about people not wanting you to talk or this or that. I, I don't want to live that life. I'm pretty sure you don't want to live that life. What do you see on the other side of that? When you can accept freedom and give freedom to the person that you're with?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the old, you know, proverb or whatever, you know, if you, Of a bird, you know, don't squeeze it too tight, don't strangle it, don't suffocate it. You, you know, hold it very gently and let it come and go. And, you know, a a bird isn't supposed to live inside of a cage for its entire life. If a bird, if you really love the bird, you're going to open the door and let the bird, give the bird the free will, the choice to go experience the world, to go meet other birds, to go eat different bird foods, right? and go actually live and then if it actually you know really really loves you it'll come back because you're home. That you're the, you're that person's home. And the bird doesn't wanna be out just sleeping in random different branches every night. They want to go back to the person that makes them feel home. And that's for me that's how I view um, that's how I view love. And and I I I need that freedom and that trust from a a partner because, and again, I know it's hard because a lot of, a lot of people have been through trauma. They've been cheated on and I've been cheated on and I, and I have that viewpoint. Right. And so it's like that, that's a a very, it took a while to get here. I didn't just flip a switch. I was like, yep, I'm going to live like this. This would be, this would be easy. You know, I, I went through that and then once I actually got that and I had the freedom with, with someone to like, Hey, go live your life tonight go meet as many people as you want if you have a connection with someone explore that connection with them I'm not saying go sleep with every person that you have a connection with but the number of people that you're going to miss out on in your life that could have been an important amazing person in your life if you didn't have that freedom would be astronomical and that could you really live with that because I, I, I couldn't at least that's that's how I live my life is you know I, I was at um I was at uh, my friend, uh, Michael, he had a birthday party, surprise birthday party, it was his 40th, he had a birthday down here and you know, I was there and I was probably one of the only guys that was there. It was mostly women that were there and, and me and you know, you talk to a million people there and then for me, like, just like anywhere I go, I connect with one person usually and that's like, it's not a forced connection, it just happens and me and the, this woman uh, who's in, an, uh, I think she was in like a seven or eight year relationship we talked for about two and a half three hours about life we went deep diving into the rabbit holes of life and you know spirituality and all of this stuff and if i if she was in a possessive relationship or i was in a possessive relationship we wouldn't have been able to have that conversation. And we, didn't, we wouldn't have been able to become friends. And now we're friends, right? And now she's a person that I have in my life to be able to cheer on. And she cheers me on, I cheer her on. And we have this cool connection now. But because if I was married or I was in a relationship with a person like, no, you can't talk to another girl. Like, that would have never happened. I would have been like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Like, I'm gonna go sit over here and eat with someone else because I'm afraid of exploring this connection, right? Yeah. Especially when you...
0: Self impose that censorship mm-hmm. where you imagine being in a relationship where you feel that you cannot do that, even if your partner is not there to tell you or be mad at, at you for doing that. Yeah, then that's amazing that you are able to do that. Uh, what has been your experience here in LA specifically with that? Because again, and I, keep, I feel like I keep coming back to this because I have so many people outside of LA that have a distorted view of the people who live here, and I'm passionate about. Hollywood movies and like our business and what we do. And I'm yeah. passionate about the people that I've met here because I feel like some of the most genuine, genuine, friendly, like loving, mm-hmm. caring people that I've met in my life, I have met here in LA,
1: like in the middle of the
0: whatever sin city or whatever people want to call it. Yeah.
1: yeah. What do you think about that? Well, you you attract what you give off. So you are a genuine person. You are an intellectual person. You're a handsome guy. You're going to get, in return, just from being you and being aware of your energy, you're going to attract those type of people to you. If a shallow person comes up to you, like you said, you're going to talk to him for, what, two minutes? And then you're like, okay, like, moving on, right? And you're going to steer through that. So for me, I've attracted some amazing fucking people that will be a part of my life, hopefully forever. But right now, they're a big part of it. And that's because of who I am. So here... And, you know, you can find a needle in a haystack, you can find that person. And I don't think it's even that hard. I think that, you know, a lot of you're not going to gravitate towards like, for, for example, me, like we live here in Hollywood. I don't go to a lot of places that are filled with the people that I don't want to be around. You know, I go to places like like Rafi's or I go to places um like being on set with other creatives. Like that's actually where I thrive. I love being around that energy. Yeah. So like, that's why I said, I do it doesn't feel like work to me. I'm there like just getting to actually experience other people that I want to experience. And that's actually where I've actually made most of my, my love connections. You know, like I said, I've fallen in love three times. One of them was uh, on a commercial set. And um, another one was through, it was in the industry and it was through my own little you know, a, a assertive way of like seeing an opportunity and taking it. And it's like, that's the thing is you, you attract those people and you're going to, I even went out on a, it was, it wasn't a date. It was this weird little TV show thing I did. But anyways, I was talking, talk, <laughs> I, I, was, I was talking to this, uh, these, these, this group of girls actually. And, um, one of them was like, Oh, like, you're like really happy. And she said that, like, it, like took her off guard. She's like, I, she's like, you're not, like, faking it. Like, you're genuinely happy. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I don't know if I could be, like, around that. And it's like. What? Yeah. And it's because there's so many toxic people that, like, actually like drama. So she said she didn't know if she could be around someone who's so happy. And I, I, I'm not. I'm. That's actually happened before as well. That is so sad. That is very sad. I mean, look where we live. We live in a in a place of sad smiles. It's, it, it looks happy on the outside, but inside it's a very sad smile. And so when I when I heard that, I was like, that wasn't the first time I'd heard it. But when I heard it from a, a, a beautiful woman, who I was like, this person probably wants to be around that. No, she she didn't. She she didn't want to be around someone who was extremely happy and what that what's that says about her is that she's really struggling inside and she didn't know if she could live up to that that energy expectation which isn't an expectation but it is a little you know if you have one person who's up here vibrating up here and you have one person who's vibrating down here the chances that they meet in the middle somewhere you're going to bring that person down but i'm going to bring you up and that's not that's not healthy you know
0: that is supposed to but yeah, I, I know I can see how that would happen here because mm-hmm. I have seen those sad smiles before.
1: Oh, everywhere! It's uh, yeah.
0: I wanted to ask you about the book covers. Yeah. I'm super proud. I, I saw the reel that you share where like you grab the book and you turn it around and it's like cover, 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 yeah. cover. I wanted to ask you specifically about seduction in the art of creating this like illusion. And now I'm coming from a purely. Uh, professional, practical point of view. It's mm-hmm. like, I look at a lot of images. I love film. I'm yeah. always trying to think, okay, if I were to do that, how would I do it? If I need to create fear, what colors, what shadows, okay. how yeah. would I do it? If I need to create, dude, the worst is you're watching a movie, the sexy scene comes on and it's not sexy at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Like I would, I would do it so different. Yeah. So you have been around a lot of people shooting these covers being in the covers what's the process of creating the concept, picking the colors, the poses, the lighting, the, what have you seen over and over that works to create this image that creates desire?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, desire is a funny thing because a lot of desire is fantasy based. It is not even a realistic thing that's in your head. You know, it's you imagining someone who you might never ever get. It's you imagining someone that you might have already had in a very different way. Um, doing book covers. When I'm looking at the camera lens of a book cover, I won't do the exact look. But when I'm looking at the no, give me <laughs> come on, give me give me the goods. Something like that. I don't know. That was a half-assed approach, um, but. When you're looking at the, the, through the lens of a book cover photographer nine times out of 10, you're looking at the lens like you want to both fuck it and kill it. You want to kill the person on the other side and have sex with them. Very primal. Very primal. It's very, uh, dangerously safe. It's very, um. Yeah, primal is probably the best way to put it because, I mean, a lot of seduction, a lot of that, that world is, is fulfilling the actual desire of the person that's, that you're, you know, with or that you're trying to portray that to. Like you said, you, the worst part is of a movie that has a sexy scene is watching it and it's not sexy. And the, the, the usual thing, both in movies and in life that makes the thing so sexy is the buildup to that moment. It's not the pot boiling over and there's water spilling everywhere, which is the sex. It is the, the pot boiling and then you know, the, the tea kettle starts going and you know you can see the water rising and you're like, oh my God, it's going to boil over. And then, and you hold that moment, you hold those moments as long as you can. And then immediately it's like, they just strum the fucking chord and you're just like, you know, and then that's when it happens. And, it's the same thing in real life. The I can think of, you know, a few amazing sexual moments in my life. And it wasn't just going, you know, that's why, that's why foreplay is a thing. It wasn't just going from A to B where you start clothed and then B, you're unclothed inside of each other. You know, like that's not sexy. That is rapid. That is no build up. whatever. The, the greatest moments that I've had in my life has, have been long builds up. They have been, you know, this... It might have even been like a little fantasy thing or it might have been something that one of you had fantasized about or both of you had fantasized about and it builds and builds and builds and there's such a sexual tension in the energy in the, in the the room that you could cut it with a knife and that's why they, they talk about that. And that's why, you know, when people just go from like, you know, you watch a movie and they go from like having like one quick thing and then they are just hooking up in a bathroom. It's like, yeah. it doesn't, you're like, well, what, we missed something here.
0: Like what you haven't had the time to create that buildup to get you to be aroused and like get you to feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting that you're talking about that. So in your case, you're a professional at creating that image that women desire. What would you tell a guy who is trying to get better at attraction and getting the women's attention and maybe he already has the attention and he's trying to level up that a bit more let's get practical let's think about what can we teach this guy to improve his game basically okay
1: um, figure out what what your gift is it's it's so simple like I know my my gifts you know my my isms that I give off to um, no matter if I'm in a romantic situation or a professional situation or Friendship situation. I know what I'm giving to those um, those those ships, and if you're you know trying to arouse someone, or you're trying to be better at sed- you know the art of seduction and all that stuff, I think the biggest part of it is knowing who you What's are. What what is, what is your thing? That is very true. It might, and I'm gonna talk
0: examples so people can maybe like. Yeah. Put for me, it's words. Words. I'm fucking good with words. Eric. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really good at it. Yeah. So it's something that I kind of discovered later in my life in that sense because I would see how other guys were terrible with the choice of words that they would use. And it's not only, it's the whole process. It's not only like getting to the woman, it's like the whole process. Words
1: is, it would be my thing. Words, okay. And, and, and for me, like, that's the thing is like, you know, we can analyze this as much as we want. And this is just me coming from my perspective, my, my experience. I never had to think about it when it was with the right person. If it was with someone who was the wrong person, I actually thought about it more in my head, like, alright, what, what should I do, what should I whatever. When I was with the right person, not one thought went through my head of how can I make this hotter? How can I make this? How can I, you know, get in there? Quote you unquote. get
0: to be yourself because, your because
1: I was just in myself. It's an, it's you're not in your mind anymore. You're in you're in your heart. You know, you're in your soul. That's that's what's guiding you at that point. And you know, and and that thing is words for you. You in the moment of you actually being in those experiences where you are being so great and selective with your words you're not thinking about the fact that you're being so great and selective with your words. It's just flowing naturally, right? For me, it's actually usually, which is indicative that I'm good at book covers. For me, it's actually my body language and my eyes and my physical touch and my, my overall aura and, and essence, as opposed to me even saying a single word. You know, one of the, one of the people that I fell in love with, we, we talked long before either of us ever opened our mouths. With our eyes, with with how we viewed each other from across a bar, with how we, you know, were playing with each other's uh, energy. It was a little cat and mouse. It's a little, you know, and it builds, right? And then it builds and builds and builds. Versus if I just like ran over and started talking to her and was like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, I. Like, well, then uh, you, jump the, you jump the gun. So, you know, yeah.
0: Dude, this has been super interesting that we could be talking about this for a very long time, but I, I think I want you to come back some other time yeah. so we can keep this conversation. I think it's very interesting and I wish more people talked about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I almost feel like women have more
1: of this. They do because it's, it's taboo for yeah. men to talk about... This topic to talk about men's mental health, to talk about men's sexual health, to talk about being a man, right? And it's 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 kind of discouraging to see that, you know, I mean, there's podcasts like Call Her Daddy, and you know, all these things for for women. Men, there isn't really a, uh, and it doesn't have to be a podcast per se, but there isn't really a vehicle where men are. Empowered to learn about themselves, mm-hmm. you know, men are more so empowered to, you know, go to work Go like make money well, you know, XYZ provide you know all that But I think the biggest thing that actually makes all those other things easier and better is to actually do the homework and figure out who the heck You are yeah. first for me. It has helped a
0: lot to get close to strong men that have helped me have these conversations and have someone to turn to and ask for advice and be vulnerable with. What has been your experience creating those friendships? I know you're really close with Jeff and I want him to come on the podcast and talk about a lot of these same things. What do you think guys could do to find more of that?
1: Yeah, you know, Jeff has been such a great, positive uh, motivator for me, a um, a friend, you know, being there for someone when they need you. Uh, you know, so like you said, surrounding yourself with people that lift you up, not tear you down, or make you feel down even. That's the important thing. And for me, surrounding yourself doesn't have to just be an in-person thing. You know, now we're going backwards. So I'm such an in-person person. I am a walk-up-to-you-at-a-bar-and-say-hi kind of person, but also the people that you surround yourselves with these days it's not just in person it's online so if you're following people who are toxic if you are consuming content from someone who is not empowering you to to be a better version of yourself you know we were talking before we we started filming we're talking about you know andrew huberman and jordan peterson uh joe rogan uh you know tom uh you know it's like from impact like it's like all those people you are choosing to surround yourself with their energy and their knowledge so be selective in who you're actually learning from and and for me i think that that's been a big thing of who you do socially but even more so um in person when when you're around people 100
0: percent. i'm in the content business like that's what i do i work with tom and at impact theory and i listen to all of this content but i also um, I'm very selective with what I follow and I try to spend less and less time on social media so it doesn't take my attention because you just can't it's a biological thing. You're wired to keep wanting to see more. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do about it. It's like food. Like if you keep eating bad foods, you're going to gain weight yeah. and it's going to mess up your body.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you put boundaries around that? You're a public figure. You're trying you have to grow your Instagram and your socials to be able to provide and make money. Right. right? And, and I'm in the same boat. I have to do that for myself. And I actually I get paid by other people to make content, to grow theirs. Right. So how do you put boundaries around that and how do you keep that? Do you compartmentalize
1: it? Do you, how do you handle that? So for me personally, I'm not a very big, uh, I'm not a big consumer of content. Like, the content that I actually, like, you know, when I go on Instagram, for example, I usually post my stuff. I have my close friends that I follow their stuff. You know, I support them, like their stuff. And then I try and get off and I try not to be on there too much. And I really set boundaries at limiting my screen time of, at the time that I'm actually on my phone because so much of my life is being on there. It's even using my camera to film my auditions or whatever, right? So I'm very selective in how, what, when I am on there, how I'm actually using the device And, um, that's a big part of it, but also like to flip it away from me you know, depression is a real thing, right? A lot of people these days are, are depressed. Now, some of that, I'm I'm not a psychologist, so I'm just giving my personal opinion on this. Um, I think a lot of depression is stemmed from people being on social media and constantly scrolling, scrolling, scrolling environment hopping from one to the next you know you're watching some girl in bali walking on the beach and the next you're watching someone you know i don't know like some panda you know like in your environment hopping and then also then you're comparing yourself to the people that you're on the app with and if you're insecure or you're not secure of who you are you know and you don't know who you are you're going to be on there being like oh that girl or this guy like i'm better than you know and like you it becomes this negative loop and loop and loop and then If you do that for long enough, you end up developing these sleep disorders and then you're not sleeping and you have insomnia and then, you know, then you become depressed because you are not, your brain chemistry is off. And so it's like a lot of like these deep rooted depression issues are caused from the, the actions that you're making every day. And so for me, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm human. I've never fallen into that trap, but I've, I've noticed myself before being like, okay, I was on this app for an hour in a row. What did I get for being on this app and just going boom, boom, boom? You know, nothing usually. I got very little from it. So now, once I was aware of that, which I me- I, there was a moment like that probably during the pandemic. I remember it was like April during the pandemic and the, the lockdown and I was like, what the heck am I, on- what am I doing right now? But it's because that was, you know, what we all resorted to was being on there. And then I started setting boundaries for myself. Like, okay, don't be on here more than this or that, that, whatever. So now I want to follow up
0: with that because I agree with everything you said a hundred percent. I also want people to see it as a tool. I think the fastest way to get out of that trap is by changing the way you use the app. Mm -hmm. Yes. So in your case, in my case, we come on, we pose, we do a quick maintenance and we're out. Yeah. What? could you recommend guys that they could do to one level up their look and their game and like what their page looks like? Yeah. And number two, how can they maybe use that to take advantage of that, to take it into business or relationships or, right. so they can actually make it a useful thing instead of a scrolling nightmare.
1: Yeah. Um, to, to level up yourself, find out what your niche is, find out what it is that you are wanting to portray you know, for me, I'm, I'm a model and, and an actor and, and a poet. And so for me, I usually have a blend of those things. It's usually pretty model heavy for my page, but that's what I do. You know, I'm motorage portraying myself. So um, when I'm on there, that's what I'm doing. So for guys or men or women, you know, that you want to go on there and you want to create and all that stuff, find out what your niche is, find out what you want to share. You know, if you are an avid you know book reader and you want to share the best books that you've read and all that stuff make like that what you share you know so make it one single thing um, so it all filters into one or two categories a few categories you know like I said multi-dimensional act minds acting modeling uh, poetry and and so those are my my isms that build who I am like that's who I am as a person as well as all yeah. that but we're never gonna see like your food I, or like maybe my my story, but okay. you're not gonna see my food on my on my page. You know, you're not gonna. See, you know, you might see some workout content periodically on my page because that's a big part of what I do and staying in shape and, and and promoting health and fitness and stuff. But you're not gonna see. I don't know, what, what else do people, you're not going to see me like on like an anime, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm and that's just because that's who I am. I'm giving a genuine representation of who I am. Yeah. And that's the thing is a lot, that's, this is like a tough topic because a lot of what is being shared out there by creators or by whoever is actually an ingenuine representation of who they are. Like, um, I was actually just talking with this, uh, about this with a friend last night. Um, you know the how Pamela Anderson? She just had a, a documentary come out. I, I've never seen it, so I'm saying this. Take this with a grain of salt. But apparently, I learned that she was actually extremely shy as a person, extremely extremely shy. And but when she was in front of the camera, and you know, touching herself and being you know uh, introspective and being sexual and all that, she actually felt alive and in control of her own body. And so, if you took that into today's world, there could be a woman that feels alive when they're t- when they're creating sexy content, when they're shooting in lingerie, when they are, um, and I've experienced some of these women, when they are in front of the camera, but then actually off the camera, they're not a symbol of sex, they're not, um, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but they're not like this over hypersexualized person. They're actually just a very like kind, gentle soul that I feels think the, alive. I think the challenge with that is
0: your brain doesn't know the difference. So when you're following someone or as, at least I can only speak as a guy, cause I'm yeah. a guy, when you're seeing this all the time, your brain is more actively thinking about sex than females are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we know that from all the research. Yeah. And on top of that, you're stimulating yourself with that all the time. Mm-hmm. So then you go out and you think, all the women are doing that. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with one of my close friends. And this was like through a months of me trying to help him see that from my point of view as a creator, I understand that these women are putting out all of this content because they're trying to grow their page. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to help him understand that what you see there is not the average of all women in the world. Mm -hmm. So you have to almost, this goes to expectations and aspirations of like what type of woman you're going to have in your life and all that. If you're following a hundred of the most beautiful women on the planet and you're seeing the curation of their top best performing content, you have no space to survive that. You're going to feel like every woman should be like this. Yeah, and man. I should have this type of women right now, because that's all I see. And I think that goes back to what you were saying of comparing or feeling mm-hmm. less. It's like, bro, it's like so many millions and billions of people in the world. And you're seeing the most beautiful women that exist yeah, with man. the best lighting, best camera, best, like face everything.
1: tuned, body tuned, all that. That's not. It's you not face real. Face When well, I. That's the thing. Is, 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 that's like a very toxic thing that's going on. Is everyone's tuning their their shit, and it's like I've seen people that have professional photo shoots that are still tuning the, an edited photo from a person. Their body too, and so then that's giving a horrible represent. I, I, you couldn't pay me to be a woman right now. That would suck to have to be your your comparison of like what you're comparing yourself to isn't. Like not real yeah. person, you're comparing yourself to a character pretty much, yeah. and and that's and that's horrible. And and also to the same point, you know, we're talking about um, expectations and what we're exposing ourselves to, right? This this is kind of a scary thing to think about. Think about young men right now. Young men have the most accessible ability to go to uh, pornography and. And that's like what they're viewing as sex right now is, let's say that you started watching porn when you're 15 and you didn't have your first sexual experience until you're 21. And all you did from 15 to 21 is you watched, you know, hardcore porn on uh, online. So you had to have six years that your view of sex is two other people doing either outrageous stuff or actually having a romantic thing most likely it's probably not that it's usually the extreme that is driving you so you're third party party viewing that so then by the time you actually have your first sexual experience your brain is like okay it's going to be like this it's going to be you know the extreme of it with you know I don't have to get into vivid details but you know the extremes so then you have, then your first person, you're finally the, the player in the game, having that sexual experience and it might be nothing like what you expected.
0: And it goes both ways because women are also watching porn mm-hmm. to see if they can learn or compare up to like what the guy, because yep. everyone knows that all the guys are watching porn. Yeah. And then I've heard girls who watch porn to see what the guys like, mm-hmm. so then
1: they can learn and emulate what the guys, are looking And then forward. you're like acting in bed and it's so yeah. interesting as opposed to naturally doing what you do. So, um, and that's another thing is like, and, and I, and this is TMI, but whatever. Um, I, I like talked with this about, uh, to one of my best friends about this is I was like, I don't personally enjoy like masturbating by myself, like watching something mm-hmm. because, once you've had a taste of like, the good stuff, of yeah. love, of a real sexual experience, that compared to the release that you get from that, there is no comparison. It's like driving a Ferrari at 150 miles per hour down a freeway, and then driving like a '91 shit piece of shit Corolla yeah. that hasn't had an oil change in you know four years. And, I hundred percent agree with yeah. you. Even
0: like I've this is also TMI, but have you ever? I've tried the VR.
1: Porn. I've never, never experienced that. Not yet, dude. It's is it wild?
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. The first couple times. Yeah. And then you're like, back to the same because. Yeah. Like having real sex is way better than just watching porn. Yeah. To me, I, I don't, I don't watch porn anymore. Uh, whenever I've been in a period of my life that I consume porn. It was because i wasn't happy mm-hmm. yeah and uh, or like the small instance where like you're far away like I've, i travel to yeah you're in a like hotel you're, room you're yeah. super horny yeah. and some but that the that wouldn't count for me when i think about extended periods of time when i watch porn it was because i was in Happy a negative headspace, yeah. yeah. In whatever, in it messes you up like completely.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't think it's like something that you should never do, right? Because I agree, I think that there's a, a time and place, but controlling your exposure to it, just like anything. Anything in moderation for the most part is not bad for you. And the thing is, is that it's so easily accessible, it's so readily available that if you are not in control and like, you know, setting boundaries, just like with social media, you're going to overconsume it. You're going to screw up your brain wiring. You're going to have no idea what your actual arousal template is. You know, you're, you're going to think that your arousal template is, you know, some person getting dominated, you know, tied up in a, in a weather straps and chains and stuff like that, but it actually could just be a real intimate, experience with one person having missionary sex you know like you know what i mean and but if you're not careful you can lose if that can fall off the wagon and and so that's a really big thing to to be aware of is figuring out um is is limiting yourself and also like you said the first time that you watched vr vr porn you probably had a huge dopamine release because that was probably a crazy experience right Mm -hmm. just like the first time you have you know, just like, you know, the most amazing sex you ever had in your life. It's a huge dopamine release. So your dopamine ceiling is now up here, but then also your dopamine uh, four has, has, has extended. And so you can actually go beyond, you know, what, what you, you, you used to have high. That's the same thing of, you know, doing drugs. You know, if you're doing uh, ecstasy every weekend, the first time you do ecstasy, it's going to be, and then, but then after that, it's going to slowly just be like, Therapy. it becomes us so yeah for me the way i've been able to break
0: those cycles is usually for me my experience has been focused on working on something mm-hmm. some kind of project some kind of goal that is what i've used to get out of you know like if you're in a rut and with social media porn i've seen it with my friends with alcohol i don't drink so alcohol has never been a problem for me but mm-hmm. that's another thing yeah. that for guys especially when you're young and you're you're young you don't quite know yet who you are Mm -hmm. you throw alcohol in the mix because you think it's going to make everything amazing and listen like getting a few drinks and getting a bus is super fun yeah i've done that with my friends a few times and i was like abraham now i know why people want to drink all the time because this is super cool yeah but if you do that all the time it takes you out of balance and in my experience what has helped me stay center is the movie I want to make. Mm-hmm. I want to make the podcast. Yeah. I
1: want to make
0: this amount of money because I want to help my family with something like finding something to
1: direct all those energies to. It's so helpful. But and if you don't have that, if you didn't have the movie to direct, if you worked some dead end nine to five job yeah, where you were, that you hated, you know, what you were doing, you wouldn't want to leave the escape mm-hmm. of having a few drinks. You would actually become, you would live for that experience. You, that's what you'd be searching for. So that goes back to why being a creative and why doing something that you love every day is such a healthy thing because it then doesn't make you desire doing these 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 tasks that are for lack of a better term pointless in a lot of cases. You know, again, I've had I've had plenty of times that you know, I've done drugs, I've done I've had, you know, Drinking alcohol in excess and yep. all that stuff. And some of those experiences are really great. But how many of them are actually just a watered down version of who you are? A lot of them. And that's a, that's a sad thing. So all of this to say is moderation, setting limits, controls, and, um, and just knowing who you are. That's, that's the important thing. Well, yeah. Eric, thank you so much, man. All right. Thanks oh, for having me, buddy. Always love the
0: conversation. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you can, please share it with a friend and check out this other episode. I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. Until next one, we'll see you in another episode.